Hello and welcome to the Ben Cotton Podcast. A brief encouragement for your Wednesday morning. Hope you're doing great today. This is episode 25. Today I'm taking another look at the book of James. We just finished up a series and I always like to kind of look back over a preaching series that I do and just kind of think about the things that maybe I could have done better or just the things maybe I wanted to talk about more than I was able to in a sermon. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today, specifically thinking about the idea that God makes demands on our behavior kind of a soapbox of mine about a perversion or a twisting of the doctrine of grace to the point where we think or act as if God doesn't care what we do, just what we believe. And so I want to talk about that for a few minutes. Hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. So let's get into it. So one of the reasons I think people struggle with, specifically with the book of James, like famously Martin Luther had a hard time uh, with James, and this was one of his big reasons. Um, James doesn't talk about the doctrine of grace really at all. He doesn't use those words. Um, He talks about faith without works and those sorts of things, which is connected to a lot of things that Paul said. But people have a hard time with James because he seems very demanding, and he is demanding. Uh, And he gets very specific about what it looks like, like on the outside to be a Christian. Like, how do you know somebody is a Christian? Well, you look at how they act, how they speak, how they live, and that should reflect what's happened in their heart. In other words, believing uh, changes how we act, what we do. Uh, We don't do first and believe second. We believe first and do second. Doing is a product or flows from our believing but there is a, a a sort of christian code of conduct right there's a way that all followers of christ should act across all of time and universally whether you're in first century or second century or whatever century of christianity there are certain things that christians do and there are certain things christians don't do there's a way we act and that's a universal thing and james is very good at getting very specific about some of those things. This does not negate the gift that grace is to us. It doesn't compete with grace. And this is the problem that I have that I want to talk about. We don't need to balance grace. In other words, works don't balance out the doctrine of grace as if God's grace needs to be balanced. Nothing God does needs to be balanced. Balance is kind of a myth in that regard. This is a result of grace. Good works is a result of grace. It's what grace produces in us. It's what God's redemption in us produces, is it produces good works. How then could good works compete with or balance out or somehow restrict grace? That's a really faulty way of thinking. In other words, acting like a Christian doesn't make you a Christian, right? We know that. We've been told that probably if you've been in church for a while, you've been told something like that before. Acting like a Christian doesn't make you a Christian, but but those who are Christians will act like it. And that's the thing we quite often leave out. We'll say, hey, man, you know, uh, just what matters is your relationship with Jesus, man. It doesn't matter what you do. Well, it does matter what you do. It does matter. It absolutely matters. Because if you're a Christian, you're going to act like it. And acting like it doesn't make you a Christian. It does not work in the reverse, right? That's the important thing to remember. 
So don't think of grace and works as two things on the opposite ends of a spectrum or two things on a balance, on a scale, where they both have to have equal weight, works and grace in there. And if works gets too heavy, then the whole thing gets messed up. Or if grace gets too heavy, be careful, you'll get under license. That's not how these things work. And that's not how God works. We don't have to balance God, right? Let God be who God is. Let God do what God's going to do. Let Jesus be Jesus. Jesus said and did a lot of things that we now probably would consider imbalanced. But he did them for a reason, and we are to trust him. I think grace and works are the same way. Grace and works really are the same thing. Jesus paid it all, right? He paid everything because we couldn't. But he paid it all so that we could not just avoid hell, but that we would be conformed to his image, that we would take on his character. That's what James is all about, is taking on the character of Christ. Good works is also what he paid for, right? It's not just that Jesus died to save you from hell. He also saved you to something. And what he saved you to was to good works. That's the message of Paul, and it's really the message of James. Also, they fit together. So this idea that there is a Christian code of conduct so often is so offensive to people who, who consider themselves saturated in the doctrine of grace. But what I would say is, if you really understand grace, and you've really received grace, that it is going to produce in you good character. And if there's no good character to be seen, like visibly seen, evidenced in your life, then there's a problem, not with your legalism, but there's a problem with your understanding and your, your, your comprehension or your reception of the gospel of grace. They are not in opposition to each other. They're the same thing. And I think this false dichotomy, right? That's what we're talking about. It's a false distinction between grace and works is actually really dangerous. It's not a small thing. It's not a little thing. It's not me quibbling about minor doctrinal issues. This is a major issue because it makes people, they feel like they have to choose, right, between those two things. They have to choose between works or grace. And as soon as you start choosing between works or grace, you get into trouble. That's how you end up with really legalistic, pharisaical Christians because they've chosen works over grace. But we've taught them to do this. We've told them you have to choose. And so a Christian who's concerned with living a life that reflects the character of Christ, they're going to choose works. They're going to say, you know what? I want to, I want to act right. And I want my kids to act right. And I want my friends to act right. I want to look like Jesus. So I'm going to choose works. And I'm going to fake it. I'm going to pretend like I'm a Christian because I feel like that's the most important thing. And on the other side of that, you have people who are like, you know what, I grew up in a really legalistic system, religious system, and I'm, I don't want it. I think it's anathema to me. I don't want anything to do with it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose grace because that's my choice. If I have to choose, I'm going to choose grace. I'm going to live a life of peace and liberty and freedom in Christ. I'm going to enjoy my freedom, and I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to worry about what I do or what I look like. We end up with an equal but opposite problem as the legalist. We end up with people who are licentious, right? Who don't guard their tongues. And they don't guard their doctrine. They don't guard their minds. They don't guard their souls. They don't guard their lives. They don't try to reflect externally anything having to do with Jesus. And then we bring the gospel of Christ into disrepute because of the way we act. It's a huge problem. 
And I think it really goes back to, at its central core, is that we've created a false dichotomy between those two things, works and grace. So that brings us back to James. And that's why James is so hard to swallow. That's why so many theologians over the years have struggled with the book of James. Because they, they, they have a false dichotomy in their minds that if grace is true, if God, Jesus really did die for our sins, that our sins are forgiven and covered and we're cleansed and God sees us as holy and righteous, not because of what we've done or haven't done, but because of the, what Jesus has done, then how can God have expectations? Well, I would say because Jesus has done everything, he can expect everything from us. He expects us to live and to grow like him, to become like him. But here's the trick, right? The trick is this is a work of the spirit, not a work of the flesh. As soon as you're doing works of the flesh, you're sinning. That's how that works, right? Go read Paul. He talks about this a lot. When you're in the flesh, you're going to reap the rewards of the fruit of the flesh, which is sin. When you're in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, you're going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And if you look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, patience, all of those, when you look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, that is what it looks like externally to have the character of Christ. So the Holy Spirit works in us to produce the fruit of the Spirit, to produce the character of Christ. And so then our job is to simply walk in step with the Spirit. This is our job. This is what we do. This is what it means to live and grow as a Christian. As you grow in your ability or in your, your strength in the Spirit, you, you learn to be patient. You don't just suddenly one day become patient. You learn to become patient. And so we live this life, and the Holy Spirit is sanctifying us day in and day out. And He guarantees, He promises, on with the collateral being the resurrection of Jesus Himself. On the good name of Christ, he promises us that he will make us like Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So it's not a work of our flesh that we're involved in. We're still walking in step with the Spirit in order to become like Jesus. This isn't bad news. James isn't trying to put a big heavy on us. What James is trying to do is saying, look, if you claim to be a Christian, act like one. Even when you're in the world being constantly assaulted with ungodly attitudes and cultural traditions, even when the pressure's against you, you still have to act like a Christian. You have to treat each other like Jesus would have you treat each other. And so I want to encourage you today to reject the idea outright and to question your own thinking regarding works, like what you do externally and how that connects to the gospel of grace. When we become Christians, we are not suddenly free to sin. We're free not to sin. And so this is how we approach things like, you know, like these expectations we see in Scripture. This is how we approach them. We say, God, would you please produce this in me? I am willing to open my heart to let you produce these good works in my life and destroy the work of sin, the work of flesh in my life, that I would take on and grow in the character of Christ. Like, that's what we come humbly before Him, and that's what we ask for, right? We don't embrace licentiousness, and we don't embrace legalistic Phariseeism either. My works don't save me, but I am saved to good works. 
So I want to encourage you to pray that way and think that way. And wherever you find this false dichotomy in your thinking and your life between works and grace, put it to death um, and come to the true gospel of grace that it will actually change you and make you a different kind of person than you were before. Hope you're doing great. We'll see you next week.